Hello and welcome to the Middlesex County Cricket League podcast. My name's Dan Huff from Twickenham CC. Um, alongside me this evening, um, we have Sam and Ali from North London. Hi, Sal. How are you? Hi, Dan. Good evening to you. Happy to be back on again for another podcast. Yeah, penultimate one, I guess, of our results podcast. It's it is flown indeed, by, hasn't yeah. it? It has, it has. Oh, yeah. It's going to be quite sad in two weeks' time. What are we going to talk about in the winter? I'm sure we'll find something. Oh, I'm sure I'm sure we will find something. I've got no doubt about that. But uh, yeah, it, it has flown by. You're dead right. Um, and joining us this week for, for the first time, very pleased to uh, welcome Shaquille Ahmed from Tower Hamlets CC. Shaquille, how are you? I'm all right. Thanks for having me on, guys. Well, really pleased that you can join us because not only, obviously, do you, you play for Tower Hamlets and heavily involved there, um, a club that are going to be relatively new to many of our listeners, but also you're heavily involved with Middlesex participation, aren't you? And, and I'm really keen to hear a little bit more about that and about how, well, how on earth you've made sense of 2020 with all the challenges that, that that's brought. Um, but we'll get to that a bit later, if we could. But we, we generally start off with the Premier League. Um, and there was a big game last weekend. The, the, the top two, Teddington Ealing, went head-to-head. Sal, talk us through it. What do we need to know? Sure, it was a big game, but unfortunately for Ealing, it turned out to be a bit of a damp. It's good for them, really. Teddington very dominated throughout, uh, posted 2-5-8 for 6, where Abhishek Junjun Wilder was the star of the show over 105. Ealing were in the game at 1 point, 79 for 1, but succumbed to Junjun Wilder's spin and bowled out for one two seven. So that definitely leaves Teddington in, in the driving seat in terms of the league title. I mean, they did manage to get Nick Gubbins out for 4, so obviously there was some sort of hope earlier on, but... As I mentioned, John Ginwala was definitely the star of the show and his innings took the game away from Ealing, who, who you know, now are looking at potentially second place. Behind them, though, is, a, is our Richmond, who had a fantastic run recently. I mean, Will Phillips done an amazing job. And it does, get, does show you with some good leadership skills and giving players a chance who may not have had the chance, you know, due, during a normal season from near twos. He was stepped up and played fantastically well. They, they made short work of Hampstead. Hampton won 5-8 all out. Ben Fraser for 50. I mean, Hampton were under strength. Wasn't their strongest team that put out this season. And Richmond, I mean, Greg King's the man in form at the moment with 94 not out. They coasted home by nine wickets. So, fair, you know, well done to Richmond for, for a great sort of run in the last six weeks where they've just been on fire. And uh, North Middlesex, again, uh, comfortable against sort of woeful Finchley, who yeah, had a really tough season so far. Finchley won 2-1 all out. North Mid didn't have the Middlesex boys playing for them. Holman... Cracknell and Bamborough, Middlesex call-ups, but Conor Nurse stepped up from the twos and had a fantastic all-round game. Took five for 17 and then scored 66 on out. So there'll definitely be some cup final selection issues for North Middlesex selection committee when it comes to picking a side for that final of the League Cup in two weeks' time. Crouching again uh, against Bronsbury. Crouching win by four wickets. Bronsbury won 2-9 all-out. Uh, again, spin-dominated the, the Bronsbury's innings with Crouching's Natim Hassan taking four for 21 and then with the bat he, he contributed first nine and out as Crouch and were actually eight for three. A good start for Bronsby, but then Hassan actually played a, a good knock to see them home. And then finally, we had the Bush against Twickenham, another another day to forget for, for the Bush, where we were 9-2-1 all out when they was trying to chase 2-9-4 for nine. A player I've mentioned this this year in a podcast on numerous occasions, Alex Blowfield, scored his first league time, which I'm sure is well deserved, scored 101 not out. And then the Bush bowlers all chipped in with um, Real, I mean, actually, a young guy called Ramon Bailey took three wickets, and actually, Blowfield also got in the act, taking a couple of wickets. As 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 I said, it, as it was another day to forget for Twickenham, who um, are hopeful next week and maybe pick up their first as they play Bronsby in the final game of the season. Yeah, that's right. I mean, I, the, the Leicester 
we have to say about Twickenham's performance at Shepherd's Bush, probably the better, for being brutally honest. Not not by a distance any of our or one of our finer days. But we are we are certainly hopeful that that last day of the season might lead us to to not finish bottom because, um, as you say, we, we've got a game against Bron who are sort of down there with us a little bit. But um, Finchley also are playing the, the steamroller that there is Teddington. So, um, you know, you'd think Teddington would probably look to look to come through there. I was going to ask you about the Teddington-Ealing game then, um, Sal. Was, um, remind me, was it at uh, Bushy Park? It was Bushy Park, yes. Yeah, because I, I hear that the pitch has been taking quite a lot of spin of late. I mean, is that is that the secret to their success then, Teddington? Have they been... Have they been simply dealing with that the best? Have they been making the use of those conditions? Or is it, is it just that they are the best team, full stop? Um, they've got, obviously, two top-class winners in Junjun Wall and Yang Abdullah Nazir, who came across from Richmond with Abhishek. But I think their, their attack has really been a very sort of well-led attack in terms of the seam bowlers up front, chipping with two or three early wickets, and then the spinners come on and, and do their work. So it's, it's, there's no one really outstanding, you know, I would say, in terms of their bowlers, where... You know, Albert may have that strike bowler who takes the four fifers. Where, as Teddington, it's been a mixture of, you know, seam bowlers do the early work and then leave it to the rest of the spin spin sort of attack. I mean, also, what I will say, Teddington's sort of tail or semi orders rallied as well on quite a few occasions. I mean, having Josh Daffett coming in sort of five, six, seven is, is a massive boost for a club. You know, you've got an ex pro coming in who can smash quick 20s and 30s. Charles Milan, who's died with Milan's younger, um, younger brother, also. Had had a sort of you know innings where he just came in and sort of scored a quick run. So I think that the secret, to, I mean, there is no secret really. It's quite obvious they've got guys who can score up top and then middle of the chips in them and their bowlers all sort of all work in tandem to to, to bowl the positions out. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. They're a good all round side, aren't they? It's simple as that. They, they they can react to situations. They can they can take the lead. They can set set totals. They can chase totals down. You're in a good place when you can do those sorts of things. Um, looking a bit lower down, yeah, interesting that you say about Richmond on a great run. I see they finish against Crouch End. Um, and if Crouch End win, then they've got, they got a chance of finishing fifth, which I guess would, would be seen as a, a really good first season in the top flight, right? I think they'd be delighted with that. I mean, you know, the club's rise has been, as everyone knows, it's been amazing from where they were four years ago to finishing the Prem now. They've obviously had, a, you know, some games where they've lost out narrowly. So there's lessons to be learned, which I'm sure they'll take into next season. Before the actual, hopefully we have a proper season next season. I'm sure they'll they'll look into where they've sort of gone wrong in certain areas. But as a side, you know, I mentioned in the podcast before they're they're young, they're energetic. Obviously, they have a you know fantastic spin spin attack, and you know they 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 they've easily held their own against some some of the better sides and then beaten some of the good sides. So yeah, I think next season lots of promise to look forward to, and this season one to sort of you know say yeah we've done well, give themselves a pat on the back. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I think if you'd have offered them fifth, they'd have they'd have taken it. I'm also intrigued to see how they get on in the um, in the time games, because I do find that, that limited overs cricket is is quite a different game to to the time cricket, and certainly we're Twickenham always do much better in the time games than, than we do in the limited overs. And I, I'm wondering if if that might work in Crouch Chan's favour as well, because they've got a couple of spinners who might bowl a lot of overs there, right? I, I mean, I think I, I personally think it will definitely work in their, in their favour. They've got Aparajit Karana, who's you know, I mean, that's what talking Nick Brown on Saturday. And he thinks he's the best spinner in the league, and I don't. You know, I don't think it's too far off in, in his statement there. He's a fantastic spin bowler. He, you know, he's got lots of variation. He bowls at good pace. He's got lots of flight, lots of guard. I mean, he can bowl, you know, a good sort of quicker ball as well. So he's going to be someone if they can, you know, have him bowling twenty overs from one end, could easily tie sides down and cause lots of problems. So yeah, I definitely feel that the the, the longer format is going to be hopefully working in their favour for for, for their behalf. 
Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Shakir, what do you, what do you make of what you see in the, in the Premier League? I know the Tower Hamlets are a couple of divisions down, and we'll get to them in a minute because I'm really interested to hear a bit more about their their background. Do you, do you follow the results much up there, or or is it sort of all in the stratosphere and far away from what you're experiencing? I, I don't, I don't, I do follow. We do follow the results a little bit, just um, just to keep a keep an eye on um, all of these clubs. They're massive, big clubs. Obviously, Tower Hamlets a very new club, mm. so we've known these clubs. For, for years and, and we've been following you know how, how they're progressing and stuff so it's fantastic you know to see the competition and stuff I, I personally know a few of the guys that play um, in those clubs uh, so it's, it's it's really good to kind of you know look up to these guys and just you know kind of have them as a role model of where one day potentially where we want to go well there's plenty of clubs who've been in that position and have done it that's what I would say you know and Crouch and the club we're just talking about were, were we're in Division 5, as it was, in effect. So this is Division 2 of the Championship probably 10 years ago, Sal? Maybe less than that, actually. Um, and they, they piled... Less, less their, than that, yeah. Less, less than, than that. that, isn't it? Yeah, and they piled their way through to the, to the Premier League. So, so certainly, I think it's good to keep an eye on on, on, on the very top level to, to try and improve yourselves. Um, if we move into Division 2, though, folks, well, Stanmore um, looking really good. Um, they, they've not quite won the league yet, but their 71-run win against Highgate certainly brings them a, a big step Closer, they um, it, was, it was quite an interesting game as well. Um, they, they were batting reasonably, hundred odd for three, and then the fifth wicket partnership sort of went a bit bonkers. And uh, Grant Rheingold uh, and Kush Patel put on the best part of two hundred. I think they put on one hundred ninety-seven, and Kush Patel managed um, one hundred eight not out off just the fifty-nine balls. So um, he, he was really smashing it. Uh, sort of scored two hundred off the last twenty and seventy off the last five and. It sounds like it was utter carnage, uh, and that got them over 300. And worth noting, Billy Blyton, um, you know, a promising bowler, he managed one for 20 off nine for Highgate, which, in, in, you know, in the middle of that madness is, is a pretty impressive set of bowling figures. So, um, so Stanmore, uh, yeah, they came through, and they're, they're now uh, nine points ahead of Harrison Marys, who also won very quickly, actually. They won in 26 overs, only 26 overs in the game. Spoke to Ravi Patel about that, and he said he'd never had an earlier finish. It was certainly... Uh, before half one, they were all done and dusted because uh, Wembley were 51 all out and Harrison Mary's got there in um, in no time at all. Amit Patel, five for 10 off nine, you know, pr- pretty decent set of bowling figures. Um, so Harrison Mary's could win Division Two next week, um, but they need to beat Acton and hope that Stanmore get, get well beaten by Brentham because as soon as Stanmore, Stanmore start picking up any bonus points, then, then they'll get themselves over the line. Um, so it looks like Stanmore with Harrison Marys and Acton shooting out for, for the for the second place. They play each other um, on Saturday. Division three. Now this is more your domain than mine, Sally, because North London are obviously uh, up near the top here. What, what, what happened in Division three on Saturday? Before, before we move on to that, I just want to mention actually Stanmore. I did catch some oh, of right. the game on Saturday. And it was, oh, you went uh, to watch? I didn't realise. I mean, so that, 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 yeah, I, I was floating around as I do at the cottage on Saturday and. I was, you know, the ball flying everywhere definitely caught my eye. I mean, Chris Patel's innings was amazing to watch. It was, you know, it was brutal, stylish, elegant, you name it. He did the lot. It was, balls were flying everywhere. I mean, I, I saw the last two overs and they went for 50 plus, I think. So, it was, Blimey. you know, I mean, Stanmore, obviously, yeah, it was, it was, I mean, it was, it was obviously, as a, as a neutral, I enjoyed watching. Obviously, if you're a Highgate fan, you're probably watching through your fingers. So, so where was he eating the ball, Sal? Was it... Was he seeing the ball straight or was he seeing the ball all around the ground, mate. everywhere? Oh, okay. Right. Fair play. All around the ground. I mean, improvisation, playing reverse sweep, you know, uh, hitting off his legs, you know, the covers, you name it. He, he was just finding gaps everywhere. And once he got going, there was no stop. I mean, and also, Grant Ryan did play his part as well. I mean, he, I mean, it was a good example of how you pace the in innings. I mean, watching that, if you're 
you had if you videoed that and you played so young, you know, young aspiring players, they paced it so well. You know, they kicked on at the right point, um, and you know, ran well between the wickets and they put the bad balls away. So the acceleration they showed definitely is a great example of how you pace the innings from from the last sort of fifteen twenty hours of, of the game yeah. itself. And then and and, in, and even in even in the field, they you know they they look they're a class act. You know they you know got players there with you know these guys were in the national final two years ago. You know so you know coming to Highgate would no way would have phased them at all. So you know next season I'm sure they're going to be they're up there again. And I'm, I, I mean I, you know you expect to beat Brentford, don't we? Um, yeah, I think so. This but, weekend, but... yeah. I mean obviously. It's a funny old game, though, as they, well, as they used to say about football. And, and, and you never know. But yeah, if you're a betting man, where's your money? Probably wouldn't be on Brentham, would it, if we're being honest? It's an old, I'd put a lot of money in if I had it. Although, obviously, we don't bet on this kind of stuff. But yeah. And it was also interesting, actually. I was told that prior to Saturday, no one had scored more than 150 against them. So, you know, they, they've defended, you know, they know how to mm. tie sides down and they've got an all round, all round. So, obviously, Mark Rungold. I mean, Mark Rungold's, you know, he's 52, I've been told. He's still. Picked up danger men from you know he took their main man Diaz out and you know he's 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 still got it the guy you know yep. and I mean he was actually said to me in not many grounds he hasn't played that now because the Highgate was one he hadn't played it so that's been ticked off his list of clubs he needs to to finish his career playing at but um yeah as I said they've got experience they've got quality throughout the ranks they've actually introduced some good young players as well so a side who's got a very good youth policy they've they've worked well they've kept the experience of in the side and they've blooded some youngsters and obviously we've got Tush coming on next week as well Tush Carrera captain mm. so. He'll give us some more insight on 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 the Stanmore um, machine, which is obviously, hopefully, well for him celebrating the league title next week. But yeah, Division Three. I mean, North London, uh, it's going to be the minor miracle. Both Southgate and Southampton are in the box seat. I mean, Southampton yet again, they've showed their and we mentioned before how they've got some sort of you know tenacity and grit within their side. There was you know ninety three for six and one for seven for seven and managed to to get a very competitive total to beat Jim Carner and then Southgate. You remind us actually our Friend Wolf and Dinner, we spoke about last week, and Michael Stevens, but they beat Wickham House. So those two obviously point separates them. And looking at the fixtures again, as you mentioned earlier on, you'd, you'd think they they will win their games unless Southgate playing against Harrow. And I mean, East Coast Southampton could be a tricky one, but mm. Southampton will go there confident. You know, they've had a great run as well. They they got you know lots of energy. They've spoken some talented players, and again, you can't you can't really. Um, yeah, as I said, you're away, you're not at home, so you'd rather be playing at home, which is Southgate, are oh, against Harrow, season probably is over. I mean, Scott do have some very good talent and experienced cricket that are in their side, so, you know, that could be one where it could be a bit of a curveball for, for Southampton, but, you know, it's, it's I mean, it's, it's hard to call. I'm not going to call the it. The pressure North can London, do funny so things to yourself. Of it. Yeah, I mean, I think both, both you and I have probably been definitely. in positions at the end of a season where, you know, we should have won games at certain points, but pressure makes you think more. It, make, it makes you perhaps take decisions that you wouldn't otherwise have done. So, uh, yeah, I, I think if, if I was East Coast, I'd be looking forward to it, you know, because it probably is a great time to be playing South Hampstead because they'll be, they'll be, I wouldn't say jitters, but I, I think, it, it, you know, it's an opportunity for East Coast too. Well, I'm, I'm hoping it's North London, man, that they both have jitters and there's yeah. no pressure <laughs> on both sides. But, yeah, I think we're, we're, yeah, I think we're out of it. I mean, we're putting a good performance against Barnes on Saturday, but... It was just you just had that feel of one of them in the season sort of fixtures where you right. know we kind of know we stepped away from our grasp and it's probably going to have to be next year where we go again. But yeah, so yeah, I mean it'd be, it'd be a good weekend. Obviously, we'll find out on Saturday who who the actual champions are. We can discuss it next week. Absolutely, great. yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we haven't spent much time looking at the bottom of these respective divisions simply because there's no relegation, so it, it, it doesn't really matter so much this year um, but one game that did catch my eye is or one division that caught my eye in that regard was Division 3 because 
um, Middlesex Tamils are, are um, on 12 points and Uxbridge are on 13 and um, they play each other on Saturday. Now, no one's going down, but you would, um, you know, you would think that finishing bottom would be something these folks didn't want to do. So I'm, I'm, I expect they'll both be going for that to try and get, um, to try and get a win. And, and I'll, I'll be intrigued to see who comes off better because certainly Uxbridge, you know, not the greatest of seasons, but they won't want to finish on a downer and finish bottom of the league. And, and, and the same will no doubt apply for MTSSC. So I'll be keeping an eye on, um, uh, an eye on that one. If we move into Division Four now, Shaquille, this is this is certainly your domain. You'll know much more about this than than Sal and I. Much as we like to try and keep um, keep abreast of it all, um, SKLP are top. Uh, they had um, they had a good win against Ealing Trailfinders by eight wickets, so they're one point ahead of Actonians, who who um, who beat you guys right by three wickets. What what do you make of Actonians? Are they are they a good outfit? Yeah, they're a good side. Uh, we've been playing them for a couple of years, right? Um, actually, and. It'll be fair to say we've had some close games with them, even though it might, the scorecard might not show on, on Saturday. Uh, it, was, it could have gone either way. Um, whoever was watching the game, whoever was there, could have gone either way. It was quite tight in the end. One guy was just smashing it and we dropped him, dropped him a couple of times and that kind of cost us. Um, but they're a good side. Um, and they, they probably deserve to win on, on, on the day. Yeah. I mean, it was pretty close, to be fair. Three wickets. That, that certainly says you ran them. You ran them very close. And I guess that you guys must have played South Hampstead last year, right? In the Middlesex Championship. And so... We, have you, yeah, because they, they got promoted last year, didn't yes. they? From from our, from the Championship. Um, yeah, we, we did play them. Um, they did beat us both of the times. But I think playing against all the other teams... I think I would say South Hampstead and Kenton last year, they were the two really hungry side that you could tell that they really wanted to win and they wanted to get that promotion. Mm. Everyone else, you, you could tell they weren't, not in a rude way, but they weren't really up to that mark of getting promoted. It was either going to be South Hampstead or Kenton mm. because of the way they played their cricket. And South Hampstead, probably deservedly, they, they won and they got promoted. And I can see they're on top of, top of Div 3, so, which, is, which is really good. Yeah, I mean, at South Hampstead, 10 years ago, you know, really strong club. Um, 20 years ago, again, and, and, and really sort of one of the, the, the big names in Middlesex cricket. I had some lean times, I think, but I get the feeling, and we, we've heard this from other contributors, that they that they may be bouncing back and um, interested to see how they get on next year when, when, of course, promotion is in the game. Um, Shaquille, talk, talk to us about Tower Hamlets then, because I, I'm guessing quite a lot of our, our listeners might not know too much about Tower Hamlets, but w- when was the club founded and, and how, did, how did it all come about? It's a very new club, uh, to be honest. Formerly, it was founded in 2009. So what happened is uh, most of the guys, we used to go to school together in Stepney Green. Mm-hmm. So our coach kind of put us all together and he entered us in the under 17, it used to be the Middlesex Juniors. Um, uh, the MCA used to be called the Course Association. Yep. So that was kind of our first run of uh, competitive cricket uh, as juniors, which was very successful. So even those times, like back in 2005, six, we remember coming down to North London, North Middlesex, playing in the under 17s, and it, we we used to give we used to win games. So from there, kind of the club and everyone else kind of was inspired to you know start up a senior section. And it kind of went from there. 2012 uh, was the first year of you know league cricket that we started playing. Uh, it was the Middlesex Championship Division Four. So since then, from 2012 till now, we've kind of it's been I would say it's been successful because from Div Four we went to Div Three, Div Two, and Div One, which is basically now the 
County Division 4. So it's been pretty successful uh, for the club from that point of view. We've got three um, adult teams playing Saturday Saturdays. Um, and I think the biggest challenge for the club is, is, is kind of finding a home for the club. It's kind of floating around at the moment, um, which, is, which is kind of a, like a really big challenge. So where have you been playing your games, Shaquille? Because I mean, that is a very impressive trajectory. That's sort of four divisions in, in five or six years, isn't it? Which is, which is really impressive. But where have you been playing? We've, previously, we've played at Hackney Marshes. Uh, we've played some games in Regent's Park. Um, last year, we played uh, our games at Botany Bay. So we've just kind of been hiring out grounds where it's been available to play our games. Uh, when we first started, Hackney Marshes was kind of our home. But then again... Now there's two Hackney clubs that are playing league cricket. So they kind of get the priority over the use of grounds. Um, so we've had to move out. Tower Hamlets, in the borough of Tower Hamlets, there isn't a single grass wicket. Um, so we've had to do a lot of travelling you know, to play our home games, to fulfil our home games. Um, and it's a continuous challenge, but I would have to say that Middlesex cricket have been fa- absolutely fantastic in, in supporting Tower Hamlets Cricket Club, you know, finding, finding grounds, finding venues you know, to fulfil our fixtures. And they're in, you know, constant and continuous um, dialogue and conversation with the Tower Hamlets Council, the ECB, uh, about getting a grass wicket in Tower Hamlets, which, realistically speaking, will take maybe another two to three years at least. Mm. So the immediate challenge for the club uh, for the next year and definitely the year after is, is finding a ground where we can, you know, play our home games. I'm impressed that you played at Botany Bay. That's, that's, that's the other side of Enfield, isn't it? That's miles from Tower Hamlets. That, that's real dedication to, to use that as a home It ground. is, it is. But I think it is. But the thing is, there's so many members at the club. We've got three teams on a Saturday, but the people are actually there to make five, five six teams, but the facility isn't. That's the, that's the sad sure, thing. Sure, So yeah. for us, uh, travelling, we're seeing that as like a short-term sacrifice for something in the long term where we can have our home ground, you know, and, and be one of the successful clubs in Middlesex. And, and have you got many junior cricketers involved there? Is it, is it people of all ages? Yeah, we've got, yeah, we've got a junior section as well that playing the uh, MCA. We've got uh, under-17s, 15s, 13s as well. Uh, up and down, but obviously the biggest challenge again is, is not having a home. But juniors, they do train at Victoria Park and they play... Uh, the the matches at Victoria Park, so that's that's a plus point for them. Yeah, I mean, and and it, if you're involved in these in these fixtures, then you're going to slowly but surely be producing more senior players as well, aren't you? And the club would hopefully go from strength to strength. I mean, how do you go about trying to get a ground? That, that might be a really simplistic question, but I don't, I wouldn't know how you did it. Have you you lobby direct with Middlesex, or do you go to the local councils, or do you do both, or what what what, what have you done to try and move that forward? It's a mixture of everything. Middlesex cricket have actually been involved uh, in our in the development of our club right from the beginning. So they've they're continuously they're supporting us. At the same time, we're trying other things as well. Um, so it's kind of a mixture of everything. Um, even this year, we've managed to get some games in at Regent's Park, you know, through Middlesex cricket and their contacts, you know, and, and putting us in touch with them. Yeah, I mean that. that okay, that sounds really interesting. I, I must admit, trying to get a brand new ground built in Tower Hamlets is that is a fair enterprise, you know, and we, we wish you all the very best with it. But we we know how difficult that must that that must be on the field. I mean, you've had a reasonably good season, right? I mean, I'm looking at the table now in front of me. You're you're, you're fifth, thirty seven points. If if the results go your way at the weekend, you could finish third. I mean, are we are we talking about a promotion run next year? 
Um, I think it's certainly on the cards because from the matches that we've played, especially from the ones that we've lost, the team, as a team, everyone knows that these are the games that we could have won. You know, when you have, sometimes you have a game, you think no chance that they were much better than us. It's never like that. We always like, yeah, if we did that differently, we could have won. So as a team, we've got really good, like, uh, team spirit and everyone's, everyone knows that they can win games and we can get promoted if, if we play, you know, according to the ability that we have. So next year, we're definitely after settling in, if we can find a, a home ground to play, uh, a promotion is definitely on the cards. Good stuff. And, and in terms of this year, I mean, you've obviously played both SKLP and Actonians because I, I know that you, you finish against one of the Ealing sides, don't you, on Saturday. So who do you think is the better of the sides, Actonians yeah. or SKLP? Where's your money? Because Sal and I probably don't know enough about the division to be able to comment, but they, they both look neck and neck to us. It's a, bit funny because, it's a bit funny because uh, we've beat SKLP, SKLPC quite comfortably at our home. Um, and th- then again, we lost to Actonians. Uh, it's going to be a tight one. I think it's going to be on the day. I think I can say, because I play in this division, I can say this division's a bit inconsistent. There's not like one team that's absolutely rolling everyone over, like in uh, maybe like in some of the other divisions. Uh, it's a bit not inconsistent, but it's hit and miss. So anyone, it could be anyone's game on the day. Yeah, that's pretty open, it's very isn't tight it? on the table. Yeah, so it looks like everybody yeah. can beat everybody. One, one other thing I wanted to ask you. Now, we, we noticed a few weeks ago that there was, a, there was a guy on your second team who scored... Now, what did he score, Sal? Help me out here. Was it a double hundred? 196. 194. Oh, 194. Now, was he ever in with a chance of getting that double hundred? Um, did, did, he, did he get sort of... Um, did he have a last over to get it and, did, and, and somehow... I think, yeah, I think or? he did... <laughs> I think he did, have, he did have a few overs, but I think he was just in the floor. He was just going for it. So I don't think he was like... His mind was there. Oh, I need only six runs. He was just you know, going for it. So uh, he just go out. But I think our second team is looking very strong as well. So yep. hopefully they uh, they can play for promotion next year. Because they're in a similar position, aren't they? They're mid-table in Division 4. Um, beat a few sides, lose a few We've, sides. And... The second team had a, a bit of a hiccup last week because because we don't have a home ground. And where we were playing this this year, Regional Spot, they're not taking bookings in September. So we've had to concede and they've had to be deducted 10 points or else they could have basically finished second if they won both their games. Okay, that's unfortunate, isn't it? Um, but, you know, I guess that in this yeah. mad COVID summer, then, then such things, uh, such things unfortunately happen. Um, one last question, Shaquille. Last week, I hear you played against Saj Mood on Saturday. Is that right? Yeah, we did. Uh, he wasn't, we played against him, uh, I think last year or the year before. He was at Trail Finders, wasn't he? Um, um, yep. It just, yeah. So we played against him. He, he was bowling, but he wasn't bowling seam. He was just coming in and just um, bowling some off-spin. Um, it, it didn't bat either. He was just um, coming down, low down the order. I'd be never sure, though, Shaq, I tell you. You know, I know he's got a 90-mile-an-hour <laughs> ball in his locker, so you're waiting for three fours. <laughs> I'd just be a bit worried the competitive juices might come back. Um, but he, he was on good form, was he? Is he a good guy to play against? I, I, I don't know him from Adam, but, um, but was it, it was very nice, Very nice guy to play yeah. yeah, very nice guy to play against. And I think uh, the, the players around him, they enjoy playing, playing with him as well. Having, having someone like that on the team is, is a massive boost, even if he's not bowling, uh, you know, 90 miles an hour. He, he's a, he knows what he's doing. He's played, played for England. So having someone like that on the team is, is a fantastic boost for them. 
I can imagine. Yeah, I, I really can. And, and you know, he's, he's got a serious record, hasn't he? He, he played test cricket for England, if I got this right. I know he certainly played for England in ODI. So, you know, he's, he's got quite a, um, you know, quite a reputation, which is brilliant. Moving quickly on to the other divisions before I come back to your day job, Jack, with, with Middlesex participation. Um, if we look around the, the divisions, we, um, Sal, you might remember, we only had one unbeaten side in the whole of the Middlesex County League. And of course, um, that, that isn't the case any longer. Wickham House of Twos have finally been beaten. Um, Brentham uh, beat them by four wickets on Saturday. Wickham House 2 scored 180 for nine. Brentham 181 for six. So we have no unbeaten records left at all, um, which I guess is good. It means that, um, you know, means that there's some competitive cricket going on out there, which is great. We've also got four titles um, already won, uh, four, um, you know, four title winners who, who can't be caught. Teddington 2s have won Division 1 of the second team league. They're 18 points clear at the moment and um, they are, I think, you know, pretty clearly the best team in our division. They're, they're very strong. Uh, Ealing 2 is strong as well, but I think Teddington have been particularly impressive. Acton 2s, they're 18 points clear as well in Division 2 of the second team uh, league. Uh, Wickham House second, 19 points clear. Um, and Highgate 3rds in Division 2 of the um, third uh, third stream there, and they're 19 points clear as well. So um, congratulations to those four sides for, for winning their titles with a week to spare. Now, I do, I do have a question, Sal, and it's definitely for you. North London Fours, right? They're in Division 3 of, uh, of the third tier, and they're 10 points behind... No, well, talk to me about this. Um, Winchmore Hill are, um, are in the game, but I'm not quite sure what happens if there's a tie here, if North London and Winchmore Hill end up on the same points. Can you help me out? I can, actually, I can confirm that North London Fours are having a social celebration Saturday and ah. won the league. On the okay. basis that Winchmore Hill and North London both won the same amount of games, but on a head-to-head, North London beat Winchmore Hill, so there was some um, celebration taking place. Obviously, so it doesn't matter what Winchmore Hill do all. against Wembley, okay, on Saturday, right? No, no, no. Okay. Well, I'll correct what I've said before. Then there are five sides who've won their titles already this year, providing. Well, I, I guess that isn't true, is it? Because if you guys forget to no no this is first 11 cricket with line markings isn't it you don't get deducted points of course for that. okay no you've won then fair enough <laughs> we'll give you the title too. Um, tell, our, tell our captain that yeah yeah no, he's safe he, he's, i know his heart yeah. probably missed a beat when he heard me say that but no i'm, I'm sure um congratulations <laughs> a title is always something to be celebrated final thing from me from the low divisions um i, I mentioned last week division four of the third tier was looking quite interesting because there was four teams that were in with a shout um, of winning the title. They were all within one point of each other, I think it was. Um, that's thinned out a little bit. And so that that, that title will be between Hampstead Fives, um, who've got 43 points, and Crouch End Threes, who've got 42 points. And in the best traditions of the fixture calendar, they're playing each other. So um, uh, uh, Hampstead and Crouch End will go toe-to-toe. Whoever wins, wins the Division Four title in the third tier on Saturday so that that'll be uh that'll be no doubt a, a good game of cricket to um to keep an eye on Shaq just back to your day job then so you work Middlesex participation how, how long have you worked there and, and and what what's your what's your role yeah so I was at Middlesex I've been at Middlesex cricket since 2014 so it's uh it's what six years now uh my role now is a participation officer but when I started it was just you know as a community coach working in schools uh, community areas, you know, bringing cricket to, you know, diverse communities in areas affected by, you know, antisocial behavior, youth crime, things like that. Those projects are still there. Now I kind of oversee these projects, um, work across the county, and we have a group of 10 or so coaches 
who go into schools. So I kind of work with them, you know, around their development and, and kind of uh, supporting them in their development as a, as a coach. And so when you, so when you, you, um, you look to, to do that, how do you start? I mean, the reason I ask is if I were to um, go in and, and sort of coach in those sorts of circumstances and try to encourage people to get involved in cricket, I'm not sure exactly what I'd say. Cricket's great. I love it. Come and join it. That's not going to work, is it? You've got to have a better angle than that. So what, what sort of things do you find yourself doing? How, 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 do, you, how do you do your job in a way? It's a lot of um, community engagement. So things like, you know, just talking to people and uh, some of our community sessions, uh, cricket sessions, they're like very engaging. It's not, it's not your traditional cricket with, you know, pads and stuff. It's just like, come yeah. and have a go playing with tape or, you know, tennis ball wrapped in tape. Um, sometimes we, you know, we just mix in some football with our cricket sessions and so on. It's very relaxed. So from there, like, Young people, we encourage them to, you know, play, have fun. And there's other routes in cricket, not just, you know, as a player. There's, uh, you know, we also run those training sessions, the foundation ones and the level twos, you know, training people up, you know, training coaches up and deploying, you know, getting them back into their clubs uh, or their communities, you know, to inspire more young people, you know, to take up the game of cricket. So sure. that's what this is all about. Sounds great. And, and that must have been really difficult in 2020, no? I mean, it's been, a, been a, an awkward summer in so many ways. It must have been really difficult for you guys. Yeah, definitely right at the peak of uh, our delivery, uh, delivery season where we, you know, we're in full contact with schools delivering you know, every day in schools. All our coaches are out there in communities. So all of that had to come to, come to an end, which, which, is, which is a shame. But we've started again, resumed in August, uh, which is... Which is which is a good point. And hopefully we can, you know, get back to full running capacity as we were before. Cool. And has there been a sort of a bounce back? Because certainly when I look at my club, we've had more juniors playing senior cricket than I think we've had for, for arguably decades because they've been sort of at home all the time. They, they can't really go away on holiday. Um, and cricket's been a really nice outlet for them to, to actually get out and about and do stuff. Have you seen that as well? Or is that, is, is that not really the way it's, panned out for you guys uh, uh, yeah, yeah it's this kind of uh, um pandemics uh, there's so many things that's happened so all those young people playing you know adult cricket which they normally not as many people might have now that they're home they're trying it out and we need more of that uh you know those young people to go out and 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 step into that you know into the field of long format cricket longer overs and just to kind of experience and see how it is Mm. It's, it's been really good, obviously. Clubs, obviously, each club's different, but it's been positive from the clubs clubs to, you know, encourage those youngsters, you know, to come through and play. And especially with the leagues, you know, not having promotion relegation, like there's not too much of seriousness. At the same time, there is competitiveness, but everyone getting opportunities, you know, from right from a club level to, you know, to county as well. We see, you know, even at Middlesex, so many youngsters getting opportunities, doing really well. So it's really good for them. And if there was one thing that the county league could do to, to, to help you with your work, what would it be? I mean, feel free to say, pass, don't know, not sure. Um, but is there anything in particular that you think would be really helpful? Um, I, I don't know, just make, make it easier for clubs that are struggling, like yeah. Tower Hamlets, for example. I think sometimes, like, for example, this week when our second team you know, had to forfeit. The first team, I think, got penalised as well, 10 points. I'm not sure if that was applied or not, but things like that. You know, clubs that are 
you know, struggling or just help them out a little bit, which which we are seeing in the county league, to be fair, than we did in the championship. So they've been really good with us so far. And these are the things that kind of, you know, motivates us to, you know, to a club like Tal Hamlet. These things motivate us to, you know, hang in there and, and, and get through this tough phase. And also like things like the Middlesex Cup, which has been fantastic for us because we don't get to play against those clubs such as North London, Wickham House, you know, East Coast, you know, Crouch yep. and Hornsey. Yep. We've played those clubs in the only Middlesex Cup because of that Middlesex Cup. And that's kind of motivated us because of winning some of those games. You know, as a club, we, we think, yeah, if we can beat those guys, then, you know, we can push hard in the league and, and, and play better cricket. I think they're two, two very good points there. I mean, I'm just looking at the league table, um, Shaq, and I don't think you've been penalised. It may be, I don't know anything about this, but it may have been a suspended points issue, but certainly uh, I don't think Tower Hamlet's ones have been, any points have been taken off them for that in the table this year. Um, but the Middlesex Cup, if ever there's a good reason for, for clubs to really try and take the Middlesex Cup seriously, it's that, isn't it? It's, a, it's such a great opportunity yeah. for, it's like the FA Cup of football, isn't it? In a, in a much smaller way. Um, and as a fan of a small club in the football world, I, I love the FA Cup. And I, I, I remember loving the Middlesex Cup when Twickenham were in the Middlesex Championship. So, um, so yeah, I, I think that's a very good reason to defend cup cricket, even though for some clubs it's, it's pretty difficult to get, to get strong sides out. But um, I think you've given us a great reason as to why we should all, um, we should all try. Moving on, Sal, um, anything else we need to know about? There was um, an MDL final last weekend, uh, if, if I'm right. There was indeed. Just before we move on to, I just want to actually um, um, praise what that Shat does because I actually work in, oh, London, yeah, super, in the yeah. London Primary School, and, and I've had Middlesex coaches coming. Actually, Shat's been into my school, and and, and the sessions they put on are fantastic. You know, they're inclusive, they're fun, it's enjoyable, and all the ages can access them. And the coaches who deliver them are always excellent, very enthusiastic. So you know, hats off to Middlesex for doing a great job in getting cricket into, into boroughs which may not have access to these sort of you know coaches. You know, maybe sort of five, six years ago. So, you know, Middlesex are really pushing to to get the next sort of young... I mean, you know, Luke Homan, you know, he's a fantastic example, an Islington boy who's gone on to play for the first team Middlesex. So, you know, there, there is a Luke Homan sitting or, you know, somewhere in Islington who who could potentially take his place in a few years' time. So, you know, as I said, the hats off to Shaq and his team for the work that they do. And it's not just, obviously, um, within schools, as you mentioned, it's in all the other sort of areas, like, you know, states, tough areas where there is issues taking place and they're trying to get positive sort of initiatives going. So, you know, from my point of view, excellent work and keep it up. Here, MDL. Here. Yeah, I can only, so only we, under, okay. underscore yeah. that, Sal. That's very true. And I think that's it's easily forgotten that um, this, this work is vitally important for the future of the, de- uh, future of the game, isn't it? It is. And actually, on a, on, a, on a similar point to that as well, I mean, personally as well, seeing Tarhampton as a club progress through the league is fantastic for the league. You know, we've got a, a diverse sort of county not many nationalities, so it's, you know we've got a bang, mainly Bangladeshi sort of side playing regular cricket, league cricket. It's only bodes well for the future. You know, these are effective role models to the younger players within their community who might might want to sort of play adult cricket when they get older. And and Shaq doesn't blow his own trumpet, but I'm going to blow his trumpet for him. I've looked at his stats, and this year he's had a fantastic season where he's actually scored. Um, he's actually he's, he's, he's in the league. He's averaging sixty. And that's not a bad effort, is it? Just so, the 60. Well, wow, that's, that's impressive. <laughs> that is impressive. You know, and so hopefully, you know, he's definitely a top-class batsman. He played well against our guys, and I, I do sort of check out his runs when he gets them every single week. So a guy, very modest bloke, but, you know, excellent work. MDL, and we went out very quickly. Uh, we had both finals played this Sunday. The Rakish Sefi Trophy final was won by East Coast. We beat Harrow by seven wickets. Uh, Mashan Wedges-Saria scored 49 not out to see their guys home. 
and then the shield, Tellington. I mean, I think you missed out earlier, Dan. I think they're three that she won. The, no, I think they're two to won the league as well. Because I'm looking at the table, they're eleven points ahead. Sorry, no, sorry I'm talking about their third eleven. Sorry, um, apologies there. You know what? They're that third sounds. Also, are, that sounds very plausible. Yeah, I, I definitely did miss them out, and they definitely have won the league. So that's my bad. So I'll take it. Back. It's actually six teams then that have won the title, rather than the four I claimed yeah. about twenty so minutes were, ago. They've had a fantastic weekend. Their one's obviously beaten Ealing. Twos and threes clinching the league. And then their MDL side won the shield by beating North Middlesex by 49. I think it's 40, 40 odd runs anyway. Um, Tellington won 4 9 all out and North Mid 104. And North Mid has some decent players like, you know, Tom Nickel playing James Parslow, Luke O'Driscoll. You know, these are, these are first team cricketers. So uh, they got excellent performance for Tellington, who, as I said, could cap it off this weekend by clinching the title. I think I should also add one more in there. Teddington Fours play in the same division as Twickenham Fives, and that's one of the divisions where um, it, it, they're not really playing league fixtures, so they've made their own league fixtures because there was too many teams that were that dropped out. And I'm pretty sure Teddington Fours are top of that league as well. So um, you know, a reasonable season for Teddington by the looks of things. Not, not um, at all. Yeah, and there was a women's final at the weekend as well. Sal, what um, were the details there? Yes, they, yeah. So, so also their league came to an end this weekend and it was the women's uh, women's league final and we had House St Mary's who obviously topped one division playing against Olak Tanyan who topped the other division. A very close game by the sounds of it. 20 over game. Uh, Oldax uh, batted first and I think scored 92 for seven which Harris St Mary's reached the final over. So an exciting game to finish for obviously productive season for, for both clubs. Fantastic. Fantastic. Um... And so moving forward into the last weekend, we've talked a little bit about where we think that the most interesting fixtures are. I mean, everybody wants to finish the season on a high. Fingers crossed the weather is, um, is, is OK for cricket. Worth noting, guys, that it is, um, there are a load of earlier starts. I think most starts are 11 o'clock. Is the Prem 10.30, Sal? Am I right in saying that? I think that? it is, you know, Dan. I'm not, I'm not 100% on that one, mate, but I no. think it could be, yeah. Yeah, I'll I'll um I'll leave Premier Division cricketers to, to sort themselves out. I'm sure they'll get it right, but for everybody else, we are getting earlier, so eleven o'clock kickoffs. Um, yeah, half past ten start for the for the, for the Premier Division. Good stuff, Shaq. You, you guys finished against Ealing Trailfinders, don't you? Who are I think they're struggling a bit, so I guess you must be confident of finishing with a win. Um, yeah, hopefully, I think they're coming down to us um, on Saturday, so it'll be good to finish off the season with a win. Good, good. Well, very best of luck in that, mate. I hope, hope, um, hope that goes well. And I hope you, you, you win to well. And that um, looking forward to seeing how the Tower Hamlet seniors get on next season. Best of luck with um, the, the attempts to get a permanent home. I know how hard that sort of stuff can be. Um, and, you know, well done. And, and thanks for all the work you do with Middlesex participation as well. Thank you very much. Um, thanks for having me on, guys. Really good. No problem. Always Keep a pleasure. Up the good work that you've Cool. And Sal, we'll, we'll reconvene next week to, um, to, to give everything the last rights, I guess, right? You done, you're all done indeed. And you know, last week you asked about my weather predictions. I've actually got a reliable source telling me this weekend it's going to be very, we've almost got like a heat wave coming. The Daily Star front pages today were saying heat wave comes to the UK. So I'm thinking this weekend we could be in some glorious weather if my source is correct. Well, a Daily Star only speaks the truth, doesn't it? So it must be that way. So exactly. I, I hope they're right. I mean, I, I've had too many last days of the season where it's been cold and wet and you're waiting for the end. But it would be great if it was north of 20 degrees. On that note, folks, thanks very much for your time. Great to catch up. And we'll be um, seeing and hearing everyone again next week. Cheers, guys. Cheers, Dan. Cheers, Shaquille. Okay, bye.